Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody, welcome back to the People First and Profit podcast. I am so flattered and humbled to be here with the Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Hi, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm exceptional, thanks. And let's just clear it up right now. Doctor is not a term of affection. It is an actual <laughs> PhD, correct? I have a real background that allows me to say that. Yeah, I can't do anything medically, but no. you know, throw me some research or a book in the international education and human rights angle and community college, I could probably tell you what's going on in that, in that realm. It's been, it's been a while. It's been about five years since my dissertation was published, but I'm confident it's like riding a bike. And I'll tell you that my brother-in-law who I love dearly and is probably one of the smartest people I know is an academic. He is the chair of an English department. He has his PhD and I, he read some stats, not because he's that guy that likes to be called doctor all the time or is hoity-toity about it, but he Mm -hmm. did read some stats to me about how many people have their PhD and it's unbelievable. You are in a very small group it's of small. people. It's small, yeah. You should be, yeah. I mean, you should be immensely proud of many things we're about to talk about, but that one's a big one. It is a big one and thank you because a lot of people don't recognize that in this space in the entrepreneurial land. They're, they like to talk about the downsides of education, which there are some. I'm not, I'm not somewhere, someone sitting here to say that it's the best system in the world, but it's uh, pretty good. So, I gotta tell yeah. you, I think that the the, blend of experience and education puts you in a position where I, I don't think anybody could could contradict much of what you'd have to offer because um, to learn about it and then to do it are, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's walking the talk, as they say. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm going to read your bio so people know a little bit more about you, cool. and then we're going to have a lovely conversation. Dr. Lindsay Padilla is an ex-professor turned entrepreneur behind On Course Social, the dynamic prompt calendar tool and build a better beta an online program that helps experts and educators alike launch their first courses quickly and easily. She's also the CEO and co-founder of Hello Audio, which takes your content and creates private audio feeds to make consumption easier for your people. All of her frameworks were born out of her tenure track years teaching adults online at a community college. The ridiculous amount of learning she's done in all things education and the years spent growing her course creation business online. With the unique background, she's also the rambunctious host of the Wealthy Teachers podcast, which covers the business of teaching online. Welcome again, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love the words in your bio. Rambunctious is, is a good one. And I'm really interested to just jump right into your journey. The sure. journey from academic to wildly successful entrepreneur. Tell us what that looks like. Oof. Um, it was an accident, as I as I say, that is very intentional. And I also feel like I accidentally created a software, but we'll get there. That's jumping ahead. So yeah, um, I started as many teachers um, and educators do, which is in network marketing. That was where I was like, income streams, right? Um, Being a professor was my dream job. 
And like we were just leading up to this talking about how much education I have in that background. I mean, I was working towards what was my dream job and I had no intention of leaving it. I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in this space talk about escaping the nine to five or escaping this terrible job. And mm -hmm. uh, that was not my story at all. I actually absolutely loved it. And it was actually like an identity shock leaving it to be fair. So um, it was not something that, um, you know, yeah, I was like desperately trying to leave, but it, it was a realization I had that I could serve more people outside of the institution. That was really, truly what it was. And so the journey was, I was doing beach body. So shakes and working out. And this was right after I finished my dissertation. I had this morning writing practice because I was not only uh, writing and finishing my dissertation, but I was also teaching full-time. I had a full-time professor gig. And so I had to carve out this space to write. And uh, when that thing was done, like when finishing the dissertation, defending it and, and 30 years of, of schooling culminates, mm -hmm. there's this big moment of like, oh, now what, right? Mm -hmm. And that outside, you know, achievement of like getting all those degrees and, and going as far as I could. I mean, obviously you could go other places, but going far in the education system, it was like, well, now what do I work on? And it was just like, oh, myself. It was just, mm. and so I started working out in the morning instead. And so it changed my life. Like it was this whole thing. And, um, and then, yeah, it really changed my life when I made an extra thousand dollars in a month. And I was like, oh, my salary, this thing I love doesn't have to be the only way I make money. That was game changer for me. And then, yeah, started listening to podcasts because uh, I had a 45 minute commute and Amy Porterfield and Pat Flynn were kind of my top and Shalene Johnson, who actually bridged the like network mm -hmm. marketing and the kind of media influencer thing. And it was probably that, that year, um, by the end of that first year in network marketing, where I was like, oh, I could make my own thing, <laughs> right? And that was the dangerous thought. And um, to be honest, I did not think about my teaching background yet. So this is really interesting when um, I wasn't like, I'm an educator. In fact, I felt like I was cheating my my background like that. Mm -hmm. I was le I, I, like, you know, I wasn't um, bringing it to light and because I thought I was going to be like a nutrition coach, like I was going to be a health coach because that's how I've made money. So why wouldn't I do that? Um, and it wasn't until I bought my first course, which was Todd Herman's 90 day year back when he used to sell it. Okay. And I went to his live event. That was the first thing I did. And mm -hmm. I know your, your audience and you have this live event background that changed my life. Uh, let's be honest, a conference for entrepreneurs is very different than an academic conference. Yeah. And so that was a game changer where I was like, oh, sure. this can be fun. And like, <laughs> people aren't trying to one up each other, you know, as far as like, how much do you know, or like, whatever. So that, that was another like, whoa. Um, but it was at that event that I got to have lunch next to Melissa Griffin, who is this very big influencer in this space and teaching people how to use Pinterest and how to blog and how to uh, make money online. And I knew who she was, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting next to her and she's like, yeah, you know, if, if my students just finished my course, I would absolutely, they would absolutely get results. Um, and I said, oh, I've been teaching online for like, you know, seven years. Like I, I you know, here's what I do when I teach mm -hmm. online. And she looks me in the face and was like, I, you need to help everyone with this. Like none of us know how to teach. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that was when everything, like, it felt like, you know, ah, all of that. 
I'm so interested by that because I was super curious as to how you went from academia to entrepreneurship, not as a uh, direct path, but how, how did it come together where your two yeah. worlds collided? Yeah. Which is so interesting to me because I, I've read, and I know from, from knowing you that you, you espouse that you could essentially monetize anything online, that almost it's anybody true. could figure out a way Absolutely. to monetize things online. And so with that vast option out there, how did you do it? Well, that's how you did it. It was somebody came to you and said, oh my God, this is brilliant. You need to help all these people do all these things. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. And that was where it was like, oh, now I'm not hiding my degree. Now, now everything that has led up to this moment makes perfect sense. It's one of those things. And, and that's common throughout my journey. And I think many of us where you're kind of following these breadcrumbs and you're just like, well, I don't really know. I guess, you know, it makes sense that I would help people with nutrition because that's what I'm doing right now. And it took someone else to show me like, there's people that need help with teaching online and you actually have experience. Which is interesting because oftentimes something that we think is so obvious, yeah. I mean, so benign, <laughs> like yeah. there's no way I could blow anybody's mind with this knowledge that I have. And then somebody comes along and, and you say with a casual nature, oh, you just A, B, yeah. C, and D, and it blows their mind. And you have this startling realization. This isn't as obvious to everybody else as it is to me. Correct. That's exactly, that's exactly what it was like. Yep. And I love that there's a pattern that's sort of sharing itself over the course of my interviews that people that I respect and admire that I have the ability to chat with share with the audience. This is not an A to B process. No, it's typically an, an A to a B to a C to a D. And then somebody brought along E and I didn't even know that was out there. <laughs> and then back to B too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just it's so cool. That was the birthplace of Build a Better that Beta. That was it. That was, well, not quite yet. That was just, let me hop on calls and help people with lesson planning. Like, Got let's it. talk about like how to actually construct a lesson that people want to finish and tracking progress and assessment. Just words that, to go back to your point about like things that I was around all the time. So my husband's also an academic. He uh, yeah. is smarter than me. He teaches physics. So he has a PhD in wow. physics. Yeah. So um, he also like we, when I came back and told him that he was like, oh my gosh, no duh. And I, so I hadn't left my teaching position at that time yet. Mm -hmm. So I had that summer, which is the beautiful part about, about teachers is we get that summer mm -hmm. and I purposely didn't take any summer classes and then went into that fall. And I knew it was my last fall, like by, because I was booked out by that point. And what I was doing was, yeah, getting on the phone with people and talking about student learning outcomes, which is like a word we laughed about at the community college and having these meetings, you know, from higher ups, we had to turn in these outcomes comes all this stuff. And so these words that were a part of an institution um, and was something I dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis was, was blowing people's minds because mm -hmm. they, they didn't have that knowledge or understanding because they weren't educators. So that overlap and seeing that was really beautiful and also made me realize, um, I think to your point, this idea of like, we, the best way to be in business is our whole self. And I think I spent early parts of my business being like, oh, the academic person, eh, let's like hide her away. Like no one cares. And it wasn't until I started to actually truly integrate that like, like 
you know, the idea of having doctor in front of my name and the idea of actually talking to other professors who started a business, which I got from Gary Vee, which is like a whole other conversation. But these, but it wasn't until I fully integrated as a whole and allowed all of me to show up in my business that I think things really, truly started to click. And I think as a baby business owner in those early days, it was just, you know, you're just trying to learn it all at once as, as fast as you can. And so you leave stuff hidden kind of. It's interesting sense. to me that it took uh, an integration and an acceptance yep. because what we don't always think about uh, as entrepreneurs or people that are getting ready to start or start over mm-hmm. is that a framework like the one that you learned in education is 100% applicable yep. to a variety of different things. And so you could sort of enter any framework that someone has learned, whether it be through academics, through a, a previous career through education, experience, life experience, yeah. whatever it is. And that when you build out that framework, when you cognitively look at it and you um, construct a framework and then you share it with people, it's applicable to a, yeah. a myriad of different things. Absolutely. But we're sneaking ahead a little bit because some of the questions I was planning on asking, you've already done an exceptional uh, job of answering. And that's that whenever you look at the world and you say, you could essentially monetize anything online. Mm-hmm. How does one decide this is a niche I can go towards. Yeah. This is an audience I can build. It sounds like you've kind of already answered that, but let's let's revisit it again more clearly. Yeah. What do you tell people that are starting over or starting up how to find their niche, how to find their audience? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to a part of what you're saying. Like it it seems like it should go in a specific order and that there's right choices to make. And I'm the first person to say that like there is no right way to do it, um, especially when it comes to building a business. And it, um, I had lessons I had to learn, right. That Mm -hmm. I had to mess up and fail, if you will, or like make mistakes around some of those decisions. So no, right out the gate, I wasn't like, oh, I could help business owners teach. Right. So that was the first thing that I didn't realize. And it took me just showing up, right. Going to the event, participating in the content, meeting people. Um, and then I think the next big change was when I realized back to your point about frameworks is I was a course creator helping people create courses, but I didn't have one myself. And mm. so I had to go and say, you know, what could I really bring to the table in this course industry? Like there's a lot of people, it, it seems like teaching you how to create a course. Who am I to come here and show them a different way potentially? And so um, I don't know that that's so much about niching, but it kind of is. And build a better beta comes out of that being like, oh, I'm watching these marketers teach how to create courses because they did it in their business as an income stream, but they're not actually thinking about it like a teacher. And so again, light bulb, I can help people um, think about uh, the course product um, and and basically giving them the confidence that they deserve that we, that is inherent for all of us uh, around being able to teach other people. And so people would look at me and say, well, like, oh, well, you're, you can create these perfect courses because you have a, literally a PhD in it. And it's like, actually not like I can't create a perfect course. And in fact, the first version of that course, it is all about guiding people through it, you know, holding their hand so you can see what the things you overlooked. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like the beta framework really came out of that. And my past experience as a teacher, when I sat and said to people, guess what? Actually running a beta without pre-recording any of your content is the most uh, valuable thing you can do for yourself and for your students. That blew people's minds because they're hearing from these marketers, pre-sell it, don't create anything. And they don't feel very good about it. And they don't know why. 
And Mm -hmm. I get to say, you actually get to feel good about it because guess what? They get an amazing, you know, light, like experience with you as the teacher and you get to physically watch people learn your content. And that my, it, it, I had to be the bearer of that message because of my background. And then it allowed people to launch quickly and confidently and not feel like they were like pulling one over of their, of their, you know, customers. No one wants to feel like that. Which is important because I think that there's a lot of people that believe in the online entrepreneurship market space. There's, there's a lack of integrity. Yes, and I can tell you absolutely. that it does exist. I'm sure it's out there, but yep. I've, I've curated a list of trusted people that I rely on. And of course, mm-hmm. people that I look up to and never once have I come across that, but it's nice to see, it's refreshing to see that it's being addressed. And so often the things that you have said are the friction points and the things that hold people back. And so I'm yep. glad that somebody who that has walked the walk is now looking at them saying, at one point I thought, who am I to teach blank or who am I yep. to show what? Because I'm sure that so many people out there are saying, who am I to enter this space that's already so saturated with these other people. And I say, unique starts with you. You're the person that has had to live the life you've led, experienced what you've experienced, learned what you've learned. Nobody else can be that person. Uh, And I didn't tell you this when we were chatting earlier, but because of my, and shout out to Cassie and Jorge, because of my relationship with them, we've talked about the fact that I get in my own way a lot and I've struggled Mm -hmm. with finding the way in which I can serve my audience best. And I just launched a beta program. Yay! Based on on <laughs> your principles, and awesome. uh, I'm getting ready to start it at the very beginning of November, and it was one of the things. Hey, I've got all this information I want to teach. I'm going to teach it to a group of people. We're going to do this together. We're going to learn yep. and grow together, and then I can I can evolve that. So thank you for that. Good. I wanted to, to move over with everything that we talked about with with building a better beta. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the most impactful advice you can offer as far as just literally getting started. What do you think is the best first step? Like very first step. I mean, my, I think, I think it's taking stock of your life experience. And, you know, I think um, women, you know, in particular, I, I think are less likely to be like, look at all the things I've achieved. Right. And really going through that and saying like, what have I accomplished? And it's not necessarily a PhD. Right. But more Mm -hmm. like, you know, losing 30 pounds or, you know, um, whatever, like starting my kids on homeschool this year, right? Like whatever, Mm -hmm. like accomplishments you've had, um, obstacles, everyone in their life story has overcome something. And even if it was messy, that journey, there's likely something in there that like you're saying, a framework can be born out of that. You can say, Hey, how did I overcome my fear of flying. One of my BDB students teaches that, right? Mm -hmm. How can I um, help people, a songwriter, help people write songs quickly? Like there's, I mean, all sorts of things and not everyone is like a professional um, or like an accredited or some credentialed person. It it doesn't have to be that. It literally can be um, something as simple as like, yeah, organizing your house and like, you know, some of the most successful people I know, um, like teach things like how to like actually set up a cleaning schedule, like in your household, like really, it sounds basic, but it's not, that's the key. It really goes back to what we touched on earlier. And that's that something that you do every day that Mm. you think is mundane 
or that you think isn't insightful could blow people's minds. And I can exactly. literally hear people sitting at home. The audience listening right now, Lindsay, is like, I never thought to write down all the things I've been successful at. I think yeah. it's humans need to be humble in a lot of cases or yeah. to glorify others and to sort of be most critical of ourselves, which is totally. a whole nother conversation. But I mean, what great practical advice from somebody, again, who's walked the walk, been through it. Yeah. Because I think you're right. I think literally, if we just take that as an example, somebody that's exceptionally good at cleaning and organizing, there's Netflix shows about it. There's <laughs> small, there's, there's low ticket People offers. You really want it. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's high ticket offers. I'm going to come in your house and show you exactly yep. how to do it all. Right. So um, what great practical advice as far as step one, sit down, really and truly critically analyze your life and think about what is something that you've excelled at. And probably that brings you joy because one of the things mm. we often talk about too, Lindsay, is you have to love it because yeah. entrepreneurship is a grind. And yeah. if there isn't some sort of, of carrot mm. of, of, I really love doing this. I really want to serve this audience. I really want to share this message. You'll, you'll, you'll peter out. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll die out. Absolutely. And I think, you know, more to that, like sometimes we find, we think we're going to be obsessed with it and like mm-hmm. it gets going and we're recognizing for me, actually, I start, I started with a consulting business. Like I was building courses for people and you know what I wasn't doing? Teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like painful. And so it's like, oh, I was following what everyone did online. Like, let's make a high ticket thing and like build an agency. And I was miserable. And so it took me, I do want to say like, yeah, like always be in tune with the joy piece. Like if there's something that's not bringing you joy, like, do you have, um, you know, the capacity to address it and say, I need to change course or make this look different. And it, and I'm not kidding. I mean, that is in my webinar, you know, when I had a live webinar for BBB about that moment, it's real. I was just unhappy with what I, I was managing people now, instead of like doing what I love doing, which is teaching. And so I wanted to re like construct my business. So it is about taking that first step, figuring out like what things um, you've overcame um, some of your achievements in life, and then just get started Mm -hmm. and let that journey speak to you. Um, Because that's really where it is too, is, is that journey is it. It's not the end destination of some like you know, amazing amount of revenue, like whatever your goals are, they're going to keep shifting, right? That goalpost keeps moving. So you have to look at it as that journey and going through that. And so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take back anything that's happened to me. It's informed everything, um, you know, four years into my business now to be able to make decisions and move quicker than I was before. Um, But to your point, the joy has to be there because you will run yourself ragged and wake up one day going like, what's even happening? And that happened to me. The tenants are so strong because we keep kind of revisiting things that we've we've talked about already. And the one there is again that this is a circuitous route. This is not usually a, yeah. a direct on. Nope. And I think that intimidates people, Lindsay, because mm. you feel like, oh, if I go this route and I hit a roadblock, or if I have to make a sharp hairpin turn, or you know, God forbid, a U-turn, you're yeah. a failure. And yeah. um, one of my favorite sayings, of course, is fail faster. Yep. The faster you can try and fail and realize what you did wrong and do it yep. over again until you reach the level of success you want, whether it be like you said, revenue or a sustainable business or whatever, um, then the better off you are. Yep. So uh, you said that you don't have a lot of regrets, which I absolutely love to hear because I think that the only real regret you have in life is the one you don't learn from. So yes, let's just go right. ahead and put that out there. However, is there anything that you would say that if you could go back and just do it differently or do it sooner? Or what kind of piece of advice can you give the audience as far as if I could tell my maybe four year ago or six year ago self one thing, it would be this. 
Ooh, like, well, I'll just go back exactly a year. And since we're talking about, I think, I don't know, again, if I would do anything different. I think sometimes I, I believe that we all individually have our lessons on this, like while we have time on this earth to learn. And so mm -hmm. like there, this was set up for me to learn. And I, I think I'm still learning it. Um, but we, we almost went bankrupt exactly a year ago. And I say that like we almost went bankrupt. It, it sounds intense, but like literally the bank account was going low and we were mm -hmm. paying contractors and we had team members and we had to do really hard stuff where we had to like fire people because we were mm -hmm. running out of money. And I'll tell you what I felt was ashamed, embarrassed, like I failed, like I'm not a good CEO, all the things. And um, uh, Alex Sharfin, actually, it was, it was fascinating. He happened to release a podcast episode with Marley Jacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and love it both was a, those people. I know. And I... It literally came out the week we were firing people and mm -hmm. I messaged both of them basically crying. And I know Alex, um, we worked on his course like three or four years ago now, or three, I guess, probably not four. Um, and we were helping him organize kind of his content and all of his amazing knowledge and experience. And so I've known him personally for a while. And Marley, however, is not someone I had actually talked to, um, but I'm the type of entrepreneur, I'll just message people and <laughs> and it helps. Like I'm telling you, it built, you are like that too, Don, and I can, I can sense that and it truly helps like building that network which I know is like a side conversation but I messaged her and I was like thank god that that podcast episode came out because the shit that I was telling myself in my head was like not what I really should have been telling myself and the first thing Alex said is like welcome to being a business owner this happens to like 90% of you that means yep. you're doing it right and I'm like what like going bankrupt is like doing it right and he's like that's what you're doing is taking a risk and like sometimes things don't work out. And if we could normalize that, um, that would be really huge. Meaning that not that like normalize bankruptcy, but normalize this idea of, you know, that it's going to have its ups and downs and that there's a message in it for you. And that I was never going to be out on the street. I would not have happened. Right. But sure, that, sure. yeah, I had to have a business reset and it sucks. And it involved people I cared about. Um, but the reality is it's, it was bittersweet. Once mm -hmm. we were able to like tell people the truth of what was happening and, and, and yes, we had to like let go some of our employees who guess what we got to rehire a few months later, but we did have to let them go. And it, it sucked. It was like the worst feeling in the world, but it also is like that risk that people are afraid of. That's where that, that is likely to happen, but like you will be a better business owner having gone through it. I think now having survived it, I was like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we just, right. Like, and, and that's, and I mean, that is like all the things that have happened to me in my business over four years has made me be able to actually be a better CEO for this software that's coming out. I couldn't have launched this software two years ago with mm -hmm. the same confidence and, and whatever, um, because I needed to experience that the downs as well. I got to tell you that when you look back at that and you say you wouldn't have done it differently, but it was encouraging to you to know that that was a part of the process and yes. that you could reach out to other people that you had established and not established relationships with that could help you lift you up and get you through that yep. is 
better than saying, oh, I have this regret. It's so good to look back and say, as hard as that was, it was a necessary part of the mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like to share a quick anecdote uh, sure. because I dig her so much. I haven't had a pleasure of spending much time with Alex, although I know of him mm -hmm. and we've had the pleasure of photographing him a number of times. I have first met Marley Jacks when she spoke on Russell Brunson's Two Comma Club oh, yeah. X Cruise in January. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was taking some photos of the folks and I know how important uh, immediacy is for some of them. And so as they spoke, I tried to connect with them and send them a few of their photos so that they could present where they were going, put things out online. And she immediately messaged me back and was like, thank you so much. This is so kind of you. I would love to sit down and chat with you to get to know you better. Mm. And so my wife and I went and sat and had a coffee with her. We chatted, uh, we connected. I then had the pleasure of, of course, photographing her at Funnel Hacking Live in February. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and here was the cool thing. And this is about um, the environment that is the internet marketing space. And just going back to our conversation about integrity, Lindsay, yeah. yep. there were a number of people, Stephen Larson, who we're very tight with now, and Marley and, and uh, Cassie and Jorge, and just, just a whole group of people that we kept wanting to say hi to and spend time with. But as the photography team for Funnel Hacking Live, you can imagine there's not a lot of downtime. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And I finally said, hey, here's the deal, you guys. Like, I really want to chat with you all, especially knowing that this is something that I'm so interested in. You guys are oh, so caring and, and giving of your time. How about we have coffee? Uh, Sunday morning, we'll just all get together and here's a spot, whoever can show up, show up. Most of the people are out till like three, four, five in the morning because they had just wrapped Funnel Hacking Live and sure. we had coffee at 9 a.m. I think 15 people showed up. Wow. To an, to an invitation from the conference photographers. Yeah. And in, in an effort to try to, to, to pull those people together, I was so unbelievably moved and encouraged by that. Awesome. And I try to stay with them all and I try to keep connecting to them all. And so since you mentioned Marley and Alex, like, yeah, if you don't know them, it's still okay to reach out. I yeah. didn't know you and I reached out to you and just like them, you were kind and gracious and caring and you've now been giving of your time. So thank you. I want to point out like how important events are. And I know it sucks with where we're at with COVID, um, but even the virtual, I was talking about this with my husband. I have some very important networking kind of connections that are playing out right now in real time. And to mm -hmm. be able to say, I never would have guessed that this would have turned. And it, when it's allowed to be public information, I'll share who it is and how it happened. But it's a, it's like, it's actually life-changing, yeah. uh, this relationship that I am just now, two years later, really, truly experiencing. And so I was saying to my husband, and I, you know, I'm a natural extrovert. It seems like you are too. Yeah. And so it comes easy for me to like, be like, Hey, this, that my husband's not so much, but he's more of an introvert. But I think the power is not in whether you're extrovert or introvert, but it's the confidence that I had in saying, like calling Marley, like, oh, I know Marley. We've like exchanged a couple like messages. It's like, you know her on a different level or like, but so I like, I just like, like welcome them in as yeah. part of like this connection. And I think in this space, it's so powerful, not from what can I get from them, but like, what can I provide and how can I help them? And it, when you truly go out into the world and run a business like that, it pays off in ways that you have no idea. You can't, you can't know that. What is the Steve Jobs quote? Like looking back, connecting to the dots. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. Yep. It's, it's one of those things that I want people, even if you're not like super like outgoing, it's not just for outgoing people. It's what was going, goes on in my head is I'm totally allowed to reach out to Marley and I'm going to put no attachment to her mm -hmm. coming back or not, whether she's a good person or not, because the reality is stuff gets lost. But yeah. when they do connect, it's, yeah, who knows what our relationship can be in the future. And let's like, keep that open. Like it's an opportunity, 
opportunity is what it really is. And I think um, I want people to know that it's not just being about an extrovert and like having all these like connections, but like, it's just the confidence of saying like, I'm going to tell that person that I loved their talk mm-hmm. and like, and have no attachment to anything coming from it. And usually that's how those relationships start. It's so fun. I had a conversation with Holly Flick. Oh yeah. Love Holly. Also hung out with her in person in social media marketing world a couple of years ago. She's just wonderful. And she calls it the value exchange economy, right? When you just don't mm-hmm. expect anything to come back immediately. And yep. I have a cute little saying I started a few years ago. I said, sometimes you, most of the time you have to just pay it forward and don't wait for change because yeah. if you pay it forward often enough, like you said, it, it all it comes back kind of, yeah. And it, and it maps itself out the way that it's supposed to. And so often a way in which you never thought an, a relationship yep. when I, when I met most of the wonderful people in this environment, I never thought, Hey, it's really great to know these people because I'm going to be able to ask of their time and, and learn yeah. from them. Like use their audience is like, a, like what people are so associating with it. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, it's sometimes it's just outside your control. You just have to have a lot of faith in it. Mm-hmm. So speaking of a lot of faith, you have a lot of faith in your newest adventure. I think this yeah. is a great segue. We're going to chat about God, it. how'd you know my word of the year is faith is it's it actually it actually is so i uh, love that you picked up on that probably because i think if you don't have faith in 2020 you're doomed doomed yeah, for little for did a, i know <laughs> a very difficult time so uh so you have a lot of faith in this new product this is one of the ways i was first introduced to you and that's yeah. that you are creating a software as a service called hello audio mm-hmm. and you are literally on the precipice of launching oh. it into the world in the first week of November. So let's give the audience a quick sort of introduction to what Hello Audio is. Yeah. So Hello Audio helps, you know, course creators and consultants and coaches and people making content online. It helps them actually increase their content consumption uh, through private audio feeds. So in our work of a lot of online courses and, you know, memberships and summits and events and all the things, Um, personal experience, I wanted to watch all the videos or attend every interview or show up live. And it just doesn't work out that way. And little did we know (laughs) that COVID would be happening and and screen time is like through the roof, right? Mm -hmm. They're, They're doing studies on that. And I think it's hard for us to sit down and watch a course and engage with Kajabi and sign in and set aside a time to do it. Some people can. I'm I'm easily distracted, ADD person here. And it's hard for me, right? And it's not that I don't have all the best intentions. And so we realize that most courses are talking heads or they're reading slides. And the reality is, man, this could just be a podcast, right? This could easily be your teacher lecturing in your ears. And when we had that idea, the first thing we did was uh, make a feed for our Build a Better Beta students. And we got great feedback and people said, this is amazing. Um, It allowed me to feel like I was caught up, even though I hadn't taken any action yet or like done the workbook or like clicked complete. I like binged it and saw where you were going. And now I'm excited to start. And so that's the kind of gap that we're filling when it comes to content consumption is we're recognizing screen time is high. Um, people have intention of finishing their favorite people's stuff, but aren't able to make the time. Um, and then, yeah, this idea that uh, delivering it via private feed allows people to have access to your content um, in a way that suits them and meets them where they're at. And since many people already listen to podcasts and they know they can binge them and play them in order and all the things um, and speed it up and and whatever, right? Yeah. Why not make our our you know, MP3s be uh, served in a podcast form. 
I, I didn't know how much I would love this until I, until I basically uh, branched out into a completely new arena of, of education. Mm. I have consumed more courses, more <laughs> podcasts, more documentaries than, than I ever can have imagined. And I'll, I'll be candid with you, much as I like to sit down and maybe watch a course or watch a YouTube, sure. I'm multitasking quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> and here's the deal. I would typically turn on whatever it was and I would just flip my phone over. Yeah, it was a video. <laughs> and yep. so, so here I am basically making the product the that you haven't even created yet. I was, I was using it in that way. And so uh, I'm an early adopter. I'm really excited about Hello Audio. I believe not only in the fact that you can multitask, but at times it's better to only use one sense at a time. I feel Correct. like when you put those earphones in and you are focused on the sound of the person's voice and what they have to say, I feel like it can be more emotional, more intentional. Intimate. Other times mm -hmm. it might be like, hey, I just can sit in the car right now and so I can listen. So yep. I'm super excited about it. Uh, if people are interested in all things Dr. Lindsay Padilla, <laughs> I'm gonna put so many resource links cool into the show notes because you have a Facebook page, a LinkedIn profile, an Instagram profile. No big shock there that you're going to be everywhere on social media as a digital entrepreneur. Except TikTok, guys. Except TikTok. You have a TikTok or no? No, no we're too old. For, you and I are too old for that. You yeah, and I are too exactly. old for that. My husband I, watches it, but he hasn't got, had the confidence to make one. But yeah. I got to tell you, I think it is really a fun concept, but I think I've tapped out. And unless something else comes along that it absolutely has to be. I mean, I got my TikTok uh, candle. I think I got mine too just to grab it, but yep. I just, I can't bring myself to do it and I'm okay with that. So, um, but we're going to put all the links and resources down there. Um, I wrap up every one of these calls, Dr. Lindsay Padilla with a quick lightning round. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go. Favorite beverage. Oh, definitely water. That's so dumb. <laughs> that is not dumb at all. And it is probably the most popular answer in the digital entrepreneur marketplace. Ah, yes. We got all it. stay hydrated. And look, I'll just give a shout out to Stephen Larson. I've got my capitalist pig. Oh, there you go. Water bottle from <laughs> Stephen Larson. Okay. Uh, if you're going to watch a movie, is it a comedy, rom-com or action? Comedy. Favorite social media platform? Instagram. Favorite place to go on vacation? Mexico. Mm. And lastly, this one's the tough one. Um, favorite person in your same sort of marketplace, the digital entrepreneur space, who is somebody that you consider like one of your favorite peers or one of your favorite messages to listen to? Oh gosh. I love Jerisha Hawk. Um, one more time. You like Jerisha Hawk. Okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll do a shout out to like an up and coming. I mean, I think she's amazing. Um, most people who cross her path, uh, think she's amazing. So she's not famous yet. Maybe. Cool. I, I, there's nothing I love better than getting in on the ground, right? level, especially, es especially being a toddler in this space. Oh, you'll love her. She's like going to church. That's what it's like. That's awesome. She's good passion. I like it. Yep. Okay. So just as a reminder for the audience, if you folks are struggling with these things, if you want to learn about all things, Dr. Lindsay Padilla and her new adventure, which is Hello Audio, you can go to helloaudio.fm and you can join the wait list for when that launches in uh, November. We'll have a lot to be thankful for in November. Dr. Lindsay Padilla, I like saying doctor. I like it I like too. Saying, I like saying a lot. Um, <laughs> Dr. Lindsay Padilla, it has been a true pleasure chatting with you. I know so many of the concepts that you shared today are going to resonate with the audience. And um, is there any final thoughts you want to add? Just go do it. Just go, go put something out there and just start working towards it, like whatever it is. And even if you're questioning niche and all the questions and things that can come up, like just start showing up and sharing what you know, and in, in, even in posts or in videos, um, and you'll, 
you'll be taking steps towards that, that goal of like launching a course or starting a new business or new venture and just experiment. It's all an experiment, all of it, marketing, picking the niche, making the course. So take those first steps. You heard it here first. Dr. Lindsay Padilla gives you permission and authority to experiment, just do it, build a better beta, get it out there. And uh, the answers will somehow miraculously present themselves. Uh, Dr. Padilla, thank you again for being here with that. We're going to let Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit podcast. If you liked this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First and Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.